0: My name is Susie. I have three children, the youngest of whom struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I never thought this could happen to me and I miss the signs. Being a parent is really hard, but I'm here to help. I'm talking to other parents and experts to help you with the struggles that your kids may face. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is hope. I'm not a physician, therapist, or counselor, I'm just a mom. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in
1: them clouds, I keep covering
0: up the sun. Hello, on today's episode of Just a Mom, I have a mom friend here named Melanie Kidder with me today. And I'm very excited to talk to Melanie because we first met... Almost five years ago, when my son Will started the You Matter Festival, and her son Sam got involved with the You Matter Festival as one of our mental health providers and organizations that supported the You Matter Festival. So, thank you so much for being on today's episode with me, Melanie.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Susie. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Great. Well, thanks. Tell me
1: just a little bit about your family. Sure. Um, I'm married and I have two boys. Um, My oldest is 23. He is um, just graduated from college almost just under a year ago and lives in Washington, D.C. now um, and works for Booz Allen Hamilton. And then my youngest, Sam, is a sophomore at Temple University in Philadelphia.
0: Excellent. And if you would not mind, would you tell me just how your journey as a parent with a child with mental illness started?
1: Sure. Um, I think Sam has struggled with mental illness, I say, ever since he was born. Um, but I didn't realize it um, until much later. Um, his He had quirks, but they were always just, that was Sam. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't understand what was going on. Um, he really didn't love to be touched. He was very shy, um, in unfamiliar situations. Um, he, he had a lot of stomach issues, um, which is a continuing thing. Um, but we just kind of worked around it all. He had friends, you know, he had people, um, but There were a lot of challenges as well. And then um, when he was finishing up sixth grade, he came home from school one day. And it was like that night before bed. And he was really upset. Something had happened at school. And just very upset about how things were going and what people thought of him. And it just kind of all came tumbling out. And he wanted help. So um, I reached out to a therapist at Children's Mercy and helped get some recommendations from him. At that point, he started therapy um, and then kind of quickly moved to, you know, adding in a psychiatrist and starting medications. Um, And that was a very long journey is still is still a journey for us um, and, and a really you know a really hard part of the story is the whole medication thing um but honestly you know i i do believe the medication saved his life so go back a little bit you said
0: sixth grade something mm. happened at school yep. and everything came tumbling out yep would you go a little deeper there
1: yeah um, he Came home from school and they had done like an end of year exercise where they had passed a piece of paper around of some sort and put the the objective was to write something nice about that person or what you liked about that person. And he said not one person said that I was nice like they wrote he's smart he's this he's that and it just kind of there had been a lot going on his head for a while I could tell he's very good at keeping things to himself. Um, or he was, he's much better now at talking to me. Um, but at that point, um, he just, he recognized, I think it's kind of the first time maybe that it all came together for him, that it wasn't about other people only. It was really kind of more about him. Right. And, um, you know, when, when he was little, um he did fine, you know he did relatively okay at school um with kids but then if we went to the pool and we ran into his friend he couldn't talk to them or play with them like he would just freeze so a social anxiety very bad social okay. anxiety okay um and i you know it's a chicken and the egg like is it the anxiety is it the de- depression you know which is first um when he started therapy we first really focused on the depression because he was not in a good place and our and most of our focus for the first many years of his treatment was around the was really around keeping him alive okay so so he was suicidal um yes he became suicidal um he'd had a lot of ideation mm-hmm. he had at least one attempt Um, so we were very focused on just keeping him solvent. Mm -hmm. We did a little bit of anxiety treatment. It wasn't awesome. Um, but generally we were so focused on getting him on the right meds to stop the ideation. Okay. So how long did that take? Still, mm. um, not really, he's in a much better place now. Um, but he was on some, we had to do some pretty extreme medication to get him in a good place. What do you mean by that? So he tried everything, and everything made him sick. Mm. Um, we tried like I had to list it once, I don't even know. Um, and you're working with a child
0: psychiatrist, so yes. somebody who's really yes, good at really this, really good yeah. at this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny when mm. we first started going to our psychiatrist and he's amazing i i credit him for saving him um i didn't think we were in like a horrible place i remember sitting there and talking to him and thinking wow i bet he's really good with people who need a lot of help because at that Mm -hmm. point i wasn't i wasn't putting Mm -hmm. myself in that category Mm -hmm. right i just thought this was something that we were just going to be able to fix Mm. and um you know flash forward to like me sitting at and having him tell me that Sam had had a suicide attempt in his office and sitting there and not crying. Like, I don't know how you do that, but somehow you buck up and manage the stuff. I don't know how I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, we put him on a combination of Effexor and lithium. And lithium is typically a, a bipolar drug. Um, not typically used for depression, and I was really hesitant. And it was totally a, you know, the people in the movies that are really screwed up, they take lithium. You mm-hmm. know, it was totally mental for me. I didn't want him on it.
0: Okay.
1: And finally, I was like, he gave us, you know, new new medication options again, and um, I you know, I was like, well. What do you think is going to work? What has the best chance? And that was it. And almost immediately, he was so much better. Wow.
0: So the lithium did the work. And this had was like how long into the whole journey?
1: This, I believe, was his sophomore year in high wow. school. Okay. So you're talking four, four years, years. Four years. Of really of, struggling. Tr- of really struggling. In freshman year, he also, there's a lot, I know, jumping around but um he had three kids in his grade at school that took their own lives Mm. so um I have a child who's struggling um and he he especially two of them he knew and one of them he knew since he was like three So, and their lives had kind of crossed and come back together. They swam on the same swim team. My son took him to school, Mm. you know, um, practice. Um, So that that really, that first one was a huge trigger, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, we'd already been, like, fighting it. Um, And then that happened, and it really you know, set up a whole string of events for us. So at that time with three
0: kids in the same class dying by suicide, was the school addressing this? Were there, you know, were parents coming together saying there's a problem here? We've got a to band together. What was happening on those fronts?
1: No, not really. Not really. I would say um, no. Wow. I think there were a lot of – there was a lot of discussion and a lot of attempts. And when Sam started his – he actually, like, once he started the lithium and got better, he got really motivated to start this charity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, really tried to work with the school. And they were very – and I get it to some degree. But they were very hesitant to do much of – anything Mm. um so and this was only four years ago yes that's right
0: so four years ago there was just not a lot of talk at his particular school about mental health that's correct no information for parents no seminars on what do we do you know how do we recognize signs and symptoms of mental health problems Even though you had these three tragedies.
1: Um, They started doing a very, very little bit. I think they're doing more now. Um, But, you know, they were worried about contagion. They were worried about, you know, a lot of things. They didn't really have, I don't know. They um, were more concerned about doing the wrong thing than maybe doing the right
0: thing. Okay. So, at this point in time, Sam's a sophomore and he decides to start yeah, a nonprofit. He did. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, he um I don't know. I was traveling a lot for work at that time and I was away and he texts me that he wants to start a charity. I was like, because it's not really like him Mm. um but he was once he sets his mind he's very black and white And once he sets his mind there was no going back from it and he did all of the work he built his own website like maybe rebuilt it three times he did all the paperwork um figured out what he needed to do to make everything legitimate um I did none of that stuff.
0: Which is impressive because I've done that,
1: and it's not easy. It's not easy. (laughs) It's really hard. It's not easy. Um, And he – so we started a charity. The goal really was to bring awareness and start the conversation. Um, We got involved with other organizations. Like you said, that's Mm -hmm. how I met you, Susie. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a a lot of good came out of it, I think – he uh he wanted to do more with the school. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately they started getting there, but then COVID came and mm-hmm. then Sam was gone and all of that. But he also it started to be triggering for him because it was so hard to do even the most simple thing. So it ended up kind of work you know, mm. working out not the Backfiring. way that he, a little bit, okay. a little bit for his mental health. Okay. Um but he made such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like, so like you were saying earlier, so many moms started coming to me. Um, and I think that kids were going to their parents more like, and he made it. Um, Cause everybody knew mm-hmm. everybody knew our stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like his story was online, mm-hmm. which is a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, everyone knew. And, um so it made us a safe place mm-hmm. to go right so he did nothing more than that that was huge he also raised quite a lot of money um which we ended up donating to most of it to children's Mercy to help with their suicide prevention programs there um yeah IO owe, I owe children's Mercy everything mm. um and so He he has a lot to be proud of there. Mm -hmm. So, take
0: let's go back again when things were really bad between sixth grade and sophomore year, and he's ideating, um, and he's really not well. Was he ever in the hospital, inpatient, hospitalized? Okay, he
1: was never hospitalized. Um, We talked a lot about it, and. Like sometimes he wanted to be. Um, there were points where he was willing to do anything. I mean that was the, like some sometimes I, um, I beat myself up, of course, right? Because that's what we do as moms, right? Um, that I didn't do something earlier or I didn't address it, like see the signs mm. and like comprehend what was happening earlier. But I feel like the fact that he came to me and wanted it, like that was the time it was supposed to happen, right? It probably would not have worked if it was something I tried to force him into. He wanted to get better. Mm -hmm. And he would do absolutely anything it took. And one of the options was to go inpatient for a period of time and what we ended up deciding together was it might have been worse for him to be around other kids that were having some of the same struggles Mm -hmm. that that might not be the best option and and so we never ended up doing it
0: what were some of
1: the worst days like i mean bad like you know like, there was a really long time we wouldn't leave him home alone. And if we were gone, I would worry every second. Um, he, uh, you know, there were times where he really struggled with going to school. Um, he uh, would come home or he would, we, you know, take sick days because it was just too much. it's was too triggering. Um You know, there were nights I would crawl in bed with him. We would leave doors open. There was a time when it was so bad that I I felt selfish for wanting to keep him alive Mm. because he was in so much pain. And he wanted so much to not be here. And he was staying alive for me. Mm. And he had convinced, there were times when he had convinced himself that I would be okay. Like he made stories from things he saw where he would try to convince himself that I would be okay losing him. So I had to constantly tell him that that was absolutely not the case and no mother ever gets over losing a child even if they might present on the outside because you have to right that does not mean they're okay on the inside Um, so it was um, it was really difficult to see him in so much pain yeah um, we were on a trip. Mike and I went away. And um, he was away at a school event. And we were across the country, you know. And he had kind of an episode of ideation and was texting me. And I'm supposed to be on a weekend away. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, so then, you know, you can't um, – See that or not think about it. Um, And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's horrible to see someone in that much pain Mm -hmm. that you love. So, um, yeah, it was my husband um, kind of took early retirement and um, was home quite a bit during that time, which really helped because. You know, I was working and um, so at least someone was always home. Mm-hmm. I like, was going to ask you that because, yeah, if you yeah. were at work, how was he? Yeah. So, so start, I think, mostly from freshman year on, Mike was home. Um, which that that was an immense help. But I still, you know, it's you walk in the door and you immediately yell up the stairs and wait to hear a voice. And right? hold your breath. And Yeah, absolutely. You think all the way home, is it going to be okay when I get there? Um, yeah.
0: So when he started the lithium, you said he was almost immediately better. Almost
1: immediately better. So... Tell me more about that. Um it I don't know. It it took away the suicidal ideation and that I think it helped with the depression. I don't think it helped. I think the it was good for uh, until it wasn't anymore. Like the the combination of the drugs um also took away everything, mm. right? Over time.
0: Elaborate on that if you would, please. Yeah,
1: I mean he just kind of was a shell of himself. And I have also taken FXR, so at a, at a lower level. Um, and I saw it in me too, right? Like it takes care of a lot of really great things, but it also numbs you. Okay, so kind of a flat affect. A flat, yep. And you could tell, like I remember when I he first started seeing this therapist he's seeing now, um, he's like, he immediately kind of saw that part of Sam, right, that he, I don't know, just um, was just, yeah, I don't know how to say it except mm-hmm. a shell of himself. Sure. Um. So how was that for you to
0: see him as a shell?
1: Not, not, not great, right? There's like just the regular teenage stuff, but he was moody and he was, you know, it was h- kind of hard to keep up. Um, yeah, you're just kind of always on edge mm-hmm. as a parent. At this
0: time, does he did he have friends? Did he have a social life, activities that he was
1: interested in, and in, at school? He um, has had a really good group. He had a really good group of little of friends. He wasn't super social, like he. Wouldn't really go like to parties or do things like he was invited, but just that he wasn't confident enough to go do those things. Um, but he did have like three or four people, right? And that was enough mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. right? Um, and That's kind of all you need, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so he was. We were very fortunate, um, and he changed schools in eighth grade. He went to a school that was Montessori through eighth, and he changed schools in eighth grade. He met some really nice kids there um, that he kept through high school. Good, um, and that was really scary for me, the school change thing. Mm-hmm. But he wanted it, and it was definitely a a lesson and listen to your kids and what they need, right? Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, as being a a parent of a child who struggles, you have to reset your whole idea of what your story is going to be. People don't talk about it. Um, and you feel very, it's very lonely. Um, in fact, you know, once we started the charity and this became more broad, it was in some ways such a relief because, you just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And just for people to know, it it kind of lifted something. And then um I think the other thing that's cha- the whole medication thing. Cause I think particularly back then, I don't know now, but so much judgment around kids being over medicated, mm. right? And the medication thing is hard. Mm-hmm. Like because with every new medication, you get hopeful, and then it doesn't work, or it makes you sick, or you, you know, there's no
0: blood test to yes. say, oh, this will work for this collection of symptoms. Right?
1: It's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, when the, you know when they're asking you, well, what do you want to try? It's like, well, I don't know what I want, I want to try. Something that'll work. <laughs> you know? I want to try Please? the ones that are going to work.
0: Right. So, um, and that's I think that's one of the. I mean, there are so many challenges to this, but I think that's one of the biggest
1: challenges. Yeah, I do, too. It was definitely. And, you know, he went off the lithium and Infector. I think he went off the lithium first um, because you can't be on it forever. Mm -hmm. And plus he needed to be um, more of a human. He needed to feel, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he went off the lithium first and that was fine. Like I think, and we decided to do it when he wasn't having, you know, he had stopped having ideation mm-hmm. and was doing better. So we're like, okay, we can't be on this forever. Let's try mm-hmm. getting off. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to go off the effects so, you know, we, ta- he taped off that. And now he's kind of just right now in the process of figuring out what the right combination of things really should be for him right now.
0: Has he had any trouble with ideation since he's come off of the lithium? I don't think so. Okay, and based on what you guys, your relationship, and yep. what you've experienced together, you, I think I, he feel would tell confident. me. Yeah, I think he would tell me. Do you ask him a lot of <laughs> questions? I a ask lot,
1: him all the time. Yeah. Are you safe? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll text. Like, I'm always, "Are you okay?" Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and. We talk a lot. You know, I hear from him every day. Um, yeah, not nearly a day goes by that we don't at least exchange a text. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now the anxiety is his biggest concern okay. um, because he's doing pretty well outside of that. Um, but, you know, the worry definitely doesn't go away. So. For sure.
0: The worry as a parent. Yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah. How would you say the this whole experience of parenting a child with mental illness has affected your marriage?
1: Um great question. In some ways it's made it harder. Because so much of my attention is there. Um, And there's only so much a human can do and deal with. But I will also say that Mike has been incredibly, incredibly supportive. And has always done the right things. And... So, in some ways, it's probably made it stronger. probably long term, mm-hmm. maybe, um, because we've had to kind of come together about mm-hmm. it, right. Yeah, you're uniting,
0: yeah, for a common cause, right, which is fighting for your kid's life. Yes. I mean, that that was the case for us for sure. I, I've just heard other people say like that they weren't always on the same page and,
1: yeah. Um, yeah you can't not be right right I, I can't even imagine a situation where I think the only time we disagreed on something I remember when I when I, we went to the therapist for the first time um I just thought oh we're just gonna go do a bunch of talking. I'm, I'm not going to medicate my child, right? Mm. I'm never going to medicate my child. He doesn't need medication. We're just going to go to therapy. And the first time we were there he brought up medication. Because we, we went and he talked about all of these techniques and I'd pretty much already done like, I, I'm pretty obsessive and like had researched all the things. Mm. And I'd pretty much tried like all of the things that he was giving me to do. And yeah. Um, I mean, he saw through very quickly what needed to be done, but I was not there yet. And, um, I was, I was not happy about it. Um, and then we went back and we talked about it again. And that was the only time we disagreed. Mike wasn't quite ready. And I, you know, the more I thought about it, like I've done all of this therapy stuff myself, you know, just feeling my way through what to do um, and I think that's the o- that's the only time I can remember us disagreeing about his mm-hmm. treatment or what to do with him. I mean, it made it harder, it made it harder to go out. It made it harder to do things, but we're not super like social people anyway, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a huge thing for us.
0: Once Sam graduated from high school, so he graduated in. 2020, 2020. <laughs> which was, of course, yes.
1: COVID year. Yes, and how, how did COVID affect him? Not that much at the beginning. He didn't really like school anyway. So the idea of not having to go back was, you know, for some kids, they were probably not liking that. For Sam, it was like, okay, I didn't like going anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, effect- it impacted him more when he went away to school. In what ways? So, um, his original, originally he was planned to be like in the regular freshman dorm. Just regular experience He wanted all the things, normal. And, um, they closed the freshman dorm and made it the COVID dorm. And they, um, negotiated deals with some of the apartments that are right kind of on campus, but they're not owned by the college. And he, um, was put in one of these uh, apartments, and um, it was very nice, but also very isolating mm. because he had his own room and his own bathroom with the door, even though he shared th- it with three other people. Um, it was very closed down. All of his classes were online. Mm. Um, it was very difficult to meet some like for an, a kid who didn't come in with um, you know mental health issues. It would have been difficult, let alone having to get through his anxiety and do. um, So he went the first semester. He managed through. His grades were good. But he just wasn't thriving. Mm -hmm. So he came home second semester. I didn't think he was going to go back, but he did. And he just didn't have the right start to school to bond and sure meet people and exactly all that, i mean it's right? like so basically it her... living in a prison cell. kind of yeah yeah
0: i mean the fact that he went back is pretty impressive yeah he's a strong kid mm-hmm. um so he went back and how's it been since since then because that would have been yeah, this fall.
1: yeah so he'll be finishing up this year and he's been there both semesters um it's going okay school's going good um he hasn't done the best job of meeting people but he's trying so um he's really working through that right now and um doing pretty well i guess
0: were you concerned about his depression during that isolating period of his first semester when classes were yes. online and he had his own you know room and and did you ask him about that did you
1: guys talk about that and what did he how did he communicate with you um yes we talked about it all the time and um I was very concerned about it and he did pretty well most of the semester but then he always had kind of a cyclical thing it was like October I feel like it was like October every year he would fall into kind of a, a, a depression or a funk. So I was very worried as a semester because it was just a thing that I had seen happen. Mm-hmm. And you know your kids, so. Yeah. And um, he he kind of had that happen. And then when he, but when he came home, so they came home at Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So it was even a, like a shortened mm-hmm, right. semester, because they didn't go back. He was intending to go back the next semester. Okay. Um, but then while he was home, he changed his mind. And when he was
0: home for that second semester, did he take classes online? Did he work? Did he? He worked. Okay. Yeah, oh, he knows. didn't
1: want to do the online school thing. Um, from home, mm-hmm. he just he just needed mm-hmm. like he needed time, mm-hmm. and that's also like. You know, as a parent of a kid who struggles, like, you know, realizing that it's a different path and that that path is is fine because it's not about anybody else but him, mm-hmm. right? It's really not about me, even though it is. It's not about what people think. I don't care. Um, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not. Um, it just is. Mm-hmm. It is just something that we... We do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah. Did you always
0: not care about what people thought?
1: No. Not in the beginning. Especially... Especially before we were figuring it out, right? Like, when he was younger and... He was really quirky. And I, I did care. Um what people thought because I lived in a world where everyone cared about everything. Right. And, and maybe that's why I didn't see it sooner. It was, I was just so focused on everything being okay. Um, But once I knew I, I, I really didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like I became much more concerned about him being okay than anything else. Mm -hmm. Like I really don't care. If anything, I I hope that his story and the fact that people know it helps people um, and helps people. I mean, because that was honestly like the the hardest part for me besides seeing him in pain is readjusting my story in my head, right? Because you have a path and that's what you do and – like, that's what you expect. I don't know why, because we've all seen a thousand different paths, but we don't, you know, as a young parent particularly, somehow you think, <laughs> I for sure was never going to be like that. Of course, yeah. It was just, like, I was a great mom. Mm. I It was going to go the way it was supposed to go. And mm-hmm. none of that means anything, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So it is a, you know... There are adjustments you have to make to the way you think. Mm. And um, you have to get comfortable with that being okay. And did you
0: talk to other parents before you know your story became public? Did you share what was going on with any of your friends or any of his
1: friends' parents? Um, I shared pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of pretty close friends that knew... Most, but there are always things that I didn't talk about Mm -hmm. because it was too, like, too crazy. Like, too, like, you know, it's the talking about it makes it real Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But, so I did have support, I guess. But also... You know, you don't want to be the person that's always talking about stuff like this either, right? So you kind of have to figure out your own ways to heal and figure things out.
0: And what were some of your coping me- mechanisms? What have been some of them?
1: Yeah, I I exercise a lot. I do a lot of yoga. Um, I, um, you know, work was one, just throwing myself into something else during the day as I could. Um Those are the main things. If you could go back
0: to that time, would you share more openly? With friends or
1: teachers or counselors? I mean, later I did. Probably not when he was younger. Because we didn't really know what was going on. Maybe yes.
0: The reason I ask that is because I, you know, I we didn't tell anybody yeah. for a long time, and then when we did start telling, you know, some of his friends, parents, or whatever, a lot of them just, yeah, disappeared. Yeah, and the friends disappeared. Right.
1: I um, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about it too broadly without Sam being okay with mm-hmm. it because that's always first. mm Hmm. Um, but once he was okay with it, then it was much more comfortable. I, um, I didn't really have the, the friend issues so much. Um, I would say I I had quite a bit of support.
0: That's great. That's not always the case. Yeah, it's
1: not. Um,
0: that's really good that you had that yes it was and I would certainly recommend that coming from someone who kept a lot of it to herself yeah. for a long
1: time yeah but yeah I didn't I and mean, there was just so much and like our families didn't really know mm. why is that it wouldn't have done any good it just makes people worry. Like once we did tell them and they knew little bits, right? They knew we saw a therapist. They knew like little things, but they didn't know the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Probably still don't know the extent of it. Um, and it would have just caused a lot of excess worry and mm-hmm. probably pressure on us too. Mm. I get that for sure. There's nothing they could do to help, Right. So, I don't know. Maybe it was unfair, but at the time I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, and I think
1: that's a
0: form of sort of a self protection yes. because you are, I mean, you are, for lack of a better term, you're almost drowning in this yes. situation of watching your child struggle. So, the whole idea of having to manage grandparents or aunts and uncles and i i did the same thing so i understand i think what you're saying and i also think that it's okay to give ourselves permission to do that because you're in the battle of your life and it's okay to put all focus and attention on your kid who needs all of that yeah at that
1: time yeah in a lot of ways, it pulled our family closer together. Mm. Um, the boys are pretty close. They were really not when they were younger. But as this all kind of played out during high school, they got pretty close. You know, when it changes the it changes the perspective, right? Yep. like when you know you might lose someone, um, how you operate is really different.
0: Absolutely. Are they still pretty, pretty close? close?
1: Yeah, pretty close.
0: What advice would you give parents if, you know, say they're in your shoes and you've got, you've got your fifth grader who you're seeing Mm -hmm. or eighth grader, whatever Whatever. grade, but I'm just picturing you prior to the sixth grade, you know, Sam coming to you and asking for help. What what advice would you give to parents who maybe see that they think something's not right or there are signs of mental illness?
1: Um, definitely pay attention and don't ignore the signs because I know that I did. Um, or I tried to fix it myself because I I felt like taking it to the next level was more than I could think about or was unnecessary. Um, You know, listen to them if they talk to you, but if they don't, you know, try to watch and see if there's ways to pull it out of them, find ways. Um, But definitely don't minimize it. And I know I, I was pretty lucky from the standpoint of, him coming to me mm-hmm. and I always knew I was very lucky. I mean, he wanted to be better. He mm-hmm. would, if like, he would have done anything to be better. And I know that's not always the case mm-hmm. with kids. Right. And it is really complicated. Um, I think also give yourself a ton of grace mm. because you're going to screw up. You're going to say the wrong things. You're like, I remember you just get into this autopilot mode that I just remember thinking, why am I not a mess Mm -hmm. every minute of the day, right? Like, how can I be living this life and not be in tears all the time? Mm -hmm. Because this is as bad as it gets. Yeah. And um, giving yourself grace through that and really listening you know, and paying attention to your kids and not seeing it as a defect, right? Mm. It's, um, you know, how needing extra help is just part of life. It's, you know, whether it's physical help or mental health, and it's getting so, so common. And the earlier that you can get help, you know, obviously... It, take, it can take a very long time. It can take a very long time to get there. So the earlier you start, you know, the better.
0: And something that I try to emphasize on every episode is that this is a continuum. This is a journey. Yes. This is a marathon. Yes. And, you know, it's not like we just give them the medicine and no. they go to therapy three times and all of a sudden it's no. fixed.
1: It's a marathon with obstacle courses, mm. right? It's, oh, this medication doesn't work, and I'm fine today, but tomorrow I'm not, or I'm fine for six months, and then I'm not. Like, you're always kind of waiting for the next thing. And and it's not a situational um, experience, right? It's, And I, I, I will tell you, I keep ho- I always keep hoping that it is. Mm. Like, oh, he'll go away to college, and maybe he'll just be great. And I know that, you know, in my heart of hearts, I know that that's not how this works Um, and that we're always at some level going to be managing Mm -hmm. against this and working through this, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it'll be good Mm -hmm. um, and you hope for that as much as you can, Um, but yeah, we'll probably at some level be dealing with this this whole life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that I know early in our journey that we talked to the professionals about was, okay, is this something that he's going to outgrow? Yeah, I think that we do need to reframe expectations that, you know, if you had a chronic health problem, like a stomach issue or, you know, whatever myriad of problems, you don't just expect it to go away. You learn how to manage it. And deal with it, and there are ups and downs in it. And I think that that's something that we have to do as parents is reframe our expectations. That, and yes, you're right, it can, they can be really good. Yeah, it can be really good for a long time. Yeah, it can. But there
1: are likely gonna be blips in the road. Yeah. And it's, they're gonna be blips that you're gonna be, that are going to make you uncomfortable, Mm. right? Like when he was, In high school and like not wanting to go to school. Mm -hmm. Like to me, if you're not sick, physically sick, Mm -hmm. you go to school. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to get past that. Mm -hmm. And I, I struggled with it. It was a huge struggle for me. And it wasn't even that much schoolie missed. But it made me very uncomfortable. But Mm -hmm. I had to work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been, you know. Even the semester he didn't take classes, that was hard for me because that's not the path, right? But I just, you know went with it. Mm-hmm. And the more I can let him direct things, the better it usually ends up. So, um which is very strange as a parent mm-hmm. because you're used to kind of making the rules and doing the things and following mm-hmm. the plan and It just isn't like that. Well, and that was the next thing I was
0: going to ask you is, you know, these semi-adult children. Mm -hmm. I say semi-adult because, you know, they're in college they're not off the payroll. But at this point in their lives, they are making a lot more of their own decisions and will continue to. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, that's right. So what advice do you have for those of us who are in that mode right now of like, okay, I've got to let go more, let
1: go more, let go more? You do have to let go. And I'm fortunate in that he takes care of his mental health, right? He reaches out to his therapist if he needs something. He does the right things. And I know that's unique and not everyone has that experience. So I think depending on... Your child, how you handle that is probably very different. In our case, I just have to be there when he's ready to talk to me because if he's not ready, he won't talk Okay. or go, you know, like or go deep on it. But I have to be there. I have to listen. I I can offer other suggestions, Mm -hmm. but pretty much I'm letting him guide this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk. A lot. Um, And I'm blessed for that. If he was a kid who goes away and never reached out or didn't answer my texts, that would be really hard. Mm -hmm. And I know that is common. Um, Sure. And that would be difficult to work through. Common, not
0: just from kids with mental health issues. common across the board, (laughs) right. right?
1: And... In many cases, very healthy Mm -hmm. for them to go spread their wings and do their thing. Right. Um, My joke is always, if I don't hear from you for a few days, especially my oldest, that means things are going well. Mm -hmm. And then I just don't worry about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But that would be difficult, you know. With Sam. With Sam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is he studying? Business, market, and marketing. What what are his career goals at this point? He doesn't really know. That's okay, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, who knows what he'll do? Mm-mm.
0: Well, he's done some pretty amazing things so far. Yes, so I can't wait to see what he does. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and for just being open and honest and sharing your story. And I have no doubt that. Somebody's going to hear it, probably a lot more than one somebody that needs to, to hear what you had to say and know that they're not alone and that there's hope.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me here.
0: Thanks, Melanie. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideation, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share this with your friends and anyone you think may find these interviews helpful. Thanks again for listening to Just a Mom.